welcome to the Pitbull Patty Show. I'm your host, Patty Stuckler. We're keeping it real here with straight talk and sharing true stories that will inspire you to change your life. Are you ready for this? Because here we go. Stressful. Everybody knows it, whether you're moving across the country or you're just moving down the street. It's almost impossible not to get like super stressed out. And if you need help coping with the stress of packing up all those belongings, you know, getting rid of some of all your stuff, hiring movers, you know, changing the kids' schools, all those things, if that's where you are right now or that's where you're getting ready to be, then my guest today is going to give you some fantastic tips on how to get through all of that without going crazy. (laughs) My guest is a sought-after consultant. She's worked with hundreds of people to find clarity in times of real change. She's the best-selling author of To Be Determined, How to Find Clarity and Confidence in Uncertain Times. She's also done a TEDx talk, and if you're not sure what that is, you should Google it because TEDx talks are really uh, only done by an elite group of people that go through a huge screening process and, uh, and then are asked to do a TEDx talk. So look that up. Her TEDx talk was, on, it was titled Navigating Transition Fog. Welcome, Brenda Reynolds. Hi, Patty. Thanks for having me. <laughs> Thanks for being here. <laughs> sure. Well, what, um, so I've got to ask you first off, uh, this, this whole TEDx talk, because I'm always fascinated by these talks because they're just really good, and I know they're usually like 15, 20 minutes or so, but what is, what were you talking about with navigating transition fog? Well, you know, it's like going through this move that you're talking about, and you, you find yourself in this emotional fog because you feel like you should know exactly what to do and how it's going to go down, but everybody knows it doesn't go as planned. And then you find yourself in this emotional fog, uh, you know, the stress, the fear, the anxiety. And so for only nine minutes of your life, you can listen to this TEDx talk and get some, a new way of thinking about being in that space and what transition fog is. And I won't reveal my punchline, but fog is an acronym for something that will make you think about that time differently. So if people want to take a look at it, that's, that's my teaser. Wow, that's really cool. Actually, I'll have to, I'll have to take the time to watch it, and especially nine minutes. Boy, who couldn't nine do minutes. that? Yeah, yeah, nine minutes. <laughs> well, and, then you've, and you have uh, got me curious what FOG stands for, what the acronym uh, stands for. Well, I, I got to tell you, you're the perfect person to have on because, you know, my clients over the years, there's just so many times where I joke with my husband or he jokes with me. Uh, or my kids who are both realtors, and we'll say, oh, I talked so-and-so off the ledge today mm-hmm. because we'll have a client that we're working with, and they're just so stressed out. They're, they're just to the point where you can you almost visualize them on a ledge looking down, ready to jump. And uh, just kind of a, um, a case in point, I had a, um, a couple that were divorcing, and this was years ago now, but they were divorcing, and it was a really nasty divorce. Where they were not uh, getting along at all, and in fact, I had to meet with both the husband and the wife separately all the time to get things done. It was that, you know, um, unfriendly. Uh, so one night, I had to meet with the husband, uh, soon-to-be ex-husband, and have him sign an addendum, and he took that opportunity to sit there with me and l- literally unload 
all this stuff about his his soon-to-be ex-wife and all the problems in their marriage and how unhappy he was and how he didn't want the divorce, that it was really what she wanted and blah, blah, blah. And he literally said, I haven't had sex in three years. Oh, my and gosh. I, <laughs> and, oh, my God, Brenda. I just thought to myself, oh, my God. I just looked at him and I wanted to put my fingers in my ears and just go, la, 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 la. <laughs> don't, I don't want to know. TMI, TMI. I don't, you know, I, I just just said, you know, sign here, here, and here. You know, it was like, I just didn't, I just listened, but I didn't offer much advice. I think the only thing I remember saying was something like, just remember you'll always be connected with your two daughters and, and any grandchildren. So, you know, try to, try to get along and play nice for, for the rest of the family, you know, for the kids. But there's, uh, there's an opportunity though, Patty, for a side business. You say, and you can sign right here on the dotted line for my dating service that I have <laughs> on the side. <laughs> uh, be no. a matchmaker. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I think that would be harder than selling real estate. <laughs> <laughs> well, I have been one of those people on the ledge in my life too. There was one time when, oh my gosh, when was it? It was uh, when my second son was just born. I had been in the hospital on bed rest having him. He was a preemie. We owned one house and we put it on the market and we started building a new home. And just the day after we put the big non-refundable deposit on the new home, the buyer on the other home fell through because of a, a home inspection, crazy home inspector who trumped something up that didn't exist. So I was owning two homes, moving into it, trying to unload one, get into another one, pack, move, had my firstborn son going, getting ready to go to kindergarten, a premature newborn baby on a sleep apnea monitor, and my husband lost his job. Mm. All in the same two weeks. Wow. So realtors are absolutely therapists. <laughs> <laughs> we're not always the best therapists, but, <laughs> but we're free therapists. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, how, well, so why is that, that people get so extremely emotional and why do, you know, why would someone do that to, why would they even find themselves in a position where they just want to unload to a, to a relative stranger, all of their personal business? Well, I think anytime we're making a move, usually it's connected to something else. It's another big move that's going on or change that's going on in our life, whether it's a divorce, a marriage, a job promotion, a job transfer. And so there, there's two things. We, we've got the, the change that's going on that you can map out, right? We have to put the house on the market, start packing our stuff, find a new house, move. And all of those are really tangible things and actions you can take. But the part that we underestimate is um, called the transition. And that's the psychological, that's the emotional part of the journey that goes along with the change that most of us have never been taught about. We don't know what that is. Mm -hmm. And there's three stages that we go through. And so your client was in really the very first stage of the emotional change both with his divorce and the house. So you mean like a, the very first stage when, when things start happening and they go into mm -hmm. a, a stress, a high emotion stage? Yeah. I mean, whether it's for a good reason or a bad reason that you're moving, 
believe it or not, the first stage is not, yay, a new house, right? Or yay, a new life, a chance to start over. Um, that's not our first emotion. The first stage we go through is grief, where we're letting go of the way things were and what was. So we're in grief, we're in loss, we're mourning, um, where we're resisting, right? And so mm -hmm. your client was in that stage with his marriage mm -hmm. and he was in that stage with his move. The key is to not get stuck there. Um, but to give yourself grace and know that if you are feeling a little sad, you know, you're looking at that wall where you put all the little tick marks for your kids as they grew taller over the years and you can't take that with you. Mm -hmm. You're leaving it behind or the neighbors, you're leaving your neighborhood and the friends that you've made. So the very first stage of uh, the transition is sort of letting go of the way things were. And so that's why your client needed to process that. So it sounds like a, <clears throat> a, a healthy thing in the end, but, but a difficult thing emotionally. I think the first thing is to cut ourselves a break and say, oh yeah, I have to move through this. There is no shortcut around it. And then when it comes to a move, when, I, when we moved one of the times that we moved, uh, somebody said to me, so what are you taking with you from your old house? I'm like, what do you mean? They said, well, you know, is there something from your yard or something that will remind you of the old house? Or do you going to have it photographed and framed? But sometimes to move through the ending um, of what used to be, there are rituals that help us, like taking something with us or throwing a party, you know, to say goodbye to everybody. Um, those are things that can actually help us with that stage. Hmm. Well, you know, it's, it's funny because now that you, what popped in my head now that you said that was I'll go to settlements, uh, oftentimes where someone will dig up their St. Joseph statue. If you're familiar yes. with that ritual yes. that people, a lot of sellers will do and they, a lot of even buyers will put their, you know, when they buy a home, they'll put that St. Joseph statue, little plastic statue in bury them in the yard. And there's all kinds of stories about whether you should put them face up or face down or point in the neighbors or point in the house. And mm -hmm. I mean, it's kind of crazy, uh, but people do it. And I see them sometimes they'll literally have the St. Joseph statue at settlement. So they're bringing, it sounds like huh. what you're saying is they're bringing kind of that memory of that, you know, the last number of years when they're selling the house and now they dig up St. Joe and they're, you know, they're bringing a little bit of that life with them. Mm -hmm. And just being mindful, I know when I was moving out of my one house, it was after my divorce and I was leaving what was my dream home and I had to let it go. And it was a very sad time. I had two friends who were helping me clean the house before I left. And boy, they gave me such a great gift. They, they looked at me and said, it's time for you to leave now. And I said, but you aren't finished cleaning. We aren't done with the cleaning. And they said, we're going to give you the gift of not being here alone when you say goodbye to this house. So we want you to say goodbye, you leave, and we're going to stay here and close the door behind us, which was a really nice, beautiful um, way to support someone who was in that first stage of transition. Yeah, it sounds like it. So what's so then what happens after that first stage? Well, um, you're not going to like hearing this, but uh -oh. and you're kind of you're kind of <laughs> sort of in all of these stages at the same time, right? So there's like a part of you that's in stage three, which is the new beginning, where you're like, yay, a new house, a new life, whatever, a new start. 
there's a part of you that's like sad about what you're leaving behind. And the place in between what used to be and what will be is a place called uncertainty. And it's a jumbled up place because it's uncomfortable. It's unsettled. You know, that's where you're asking yourself, now what? But if you are willing to hang out there long enough, it's also the place while things are still unsettled to get creative and say, now what do I want? Now what's possible? What's important to me in my life now? Maybe it's not a big house. Maybe it's a simpler life and I'm going to move into a townhome. And so you're kind of excited and scared and jumbled up in that stage. But it's okay. It's kind of good not to rush through it because it's where you can do some of your best thinking. Yeah, I would think that just in general, people are, uh, most people uh, get very afraid of change. They don't, a lot of people don't like change. It's difficult. So it's, I guess it's no different in moving than really anything else. It's just, it's more heightened. Yeah. And Patty, so how many clients have you taken out, right? And they've given you the checklist before you went of exactly what they were looking for in a home. But it's not until you go out and you start, they're in that, like, not really sure where they go, well, no, wait, maybe that isn't what we want. And so often you're selling them something that was totally different or something that they said they would, that was really important to them, but this house didn't have it. Or, you know, they settle for something different than they set out saying. Mm hmm right? How often does that happen? That, that does happen a lot. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's because they're in that uncertainty stage. They're still experimenting with what's possible. Well, that makes sense because a lot of times they'll, they'll give me a list or, um, you know, and they'll have a, a picture in their mind of what they're wanting. And then by the time we get done with everything and they find the right house, it's nothing like yes. what that list <laughs> originally yes. looked like. Exactly. Know, even the location. I mean, even things as yeah. much as drastic as that is, has, has all changed. And, what, and what's interesting, too, is that sometimes I have found that people will buy a property that then it's almost like they're buying a memory. Like, for example, I had a guy that he, he, they, he wanted a house. He and his wife, they were looking at houses. And then what I realized over time was he was really recreating his grandmother's house. And he had very fond memories of going and staying at his grandmother's house. And, and the types of homes he was, he was drawn to, big old farmhouses, were much like his, you know, that memory as a child. Wow, that's fascinating. Yeah. yeah, that is something he was still, you know, recreating yeah, I mean, <laughs> or yeah, wanted to but, recreate. <laughs> but it's not until you're in that kind of upside down, unsettled place where you don't really have a house. You know, you're kind of let go, letting go of the old one. You don't have the new one yet where you get to dream about what's possible. And and that's the beauty of that stage, even though it can be challenging. You as a realtor are working with people when they're in the uncertainty stage and in the letting goes. Well, you're working with them in every single stage, really. Mm-hmm. So it's just, I think, you know, the, the realtor therapist needs to understand that that's what their people are going through. Yeah, and it's it's funny because at the end, when they do finally get excited, it's it's very uh, satisfying, like mission accomplished feeling that you see that your client that finally gets to that point where they're excited about getting the keys and moving in and, you know, that change in their life. If they take their time moving through the, the first stage of, of letting go and the second stage of uncertainty, 
then the third stage is easy because they're going to be really happy. They've taken their time. They've thought about what they really want. They've made good decisions. They haven't listened to everyone who's telling them what to do, but they've listened to their own heart about what they think they should do and what's right for them. And by the time they get to stage three, which is that new beginning, um, they're accepting it, they're excited, and they're good to go. So what do you advise people when they're in the grief stage and also the transition stage as, as far as how best to, to cope with all that, all that emotion and all that anxiety without, you know, really losing it <laughs> and, you know, staying calm? Simple. This is the thing I tell everyone, and I really, truly live my life every day by this one. But it's kind of like driving through on a foggy country road. And you know that you have to turn your low beams on because you can't see if you turn your high beams on. I think when you're going through a big change like move, you've got to keep your low beams on. And they illuminate about 350 feet in front of you. And the way you manage your stress is to just say, okay, what are the next one or two things we need to do? Stay focused on those. Okay, now what are the next two things we need to do and incrementally move yourself through a complicated change like this. And before you know it, you're on the other end of it saying, oh my gosh, you know, how did I ever get through this? How did I ever make this big move? I mean, I downsized from a 5,000 square foot home all by myself with two little boys at one point. And I look back at that time and go, I don't know how I did that with everything else, running my business and everything else but it was one step at a time. It was one next right move at a time. So that to me is the biggest stress reliever. Do you find that uh, because there's a lot of different personality types, do you find that there are certain personalities that are uh, that cope with transition and change and moving all the stress of that better than other personality types? Absolutely. I mean, I do, I do work with personality types in businesses and teams. And uh, yeah, there are some people who... I just, I have an assistant who just moved last week and it was really interesting to watch her because she said, everyone keeps saying to me, how are you doing? Oh my gosh, are you okay with the move? She said, I'm fine with it. I'm really excited. I kind of like getting unsettled every now and then and making a change, but she's not as typical. I think most people like to be in a settled state. So it it depends on the personality type. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, and what about like age? Like uh, when I'm working with clients that are older, it's mm-hmm. definitely a different set of issues than if it's a you know young person uh, as far as all of that goes. Yeah, I think young people are still in a fluid stage of life, right? I've got a son in New York City and he and his girlfriend, his girlfriend is in dental school and she's going to specialize, which means they don't know where they're going to end up, but they're going to have to be moving uh, in a year and they'll be somewhere else. And he, he said, Mom, you know, I just look at it this way. It's, this is a time in our life where we don't have roots and we can go to a new metropolitan area and check it out for a couple of years before we settle down and have some fun. So I think at that stage of life, yeah, that's the time to do it. We don't expect to be settled. But, you know, I think I, back to your client that you talked about, who was, you know, probably a little bit later in life because he had children and he's in his brain thinking he should be settled. You know, he should be in a certain life's kind of state and his divorce was representing something different. So I think that's harder to swallow because that's the story you have in your head about what should be. 
Yeah, it's, it is fascinating too. I've always thought that in, in selling real estate that it's really interesting the intersect between any kind of sales. I'm sure it's not just indicative to selling, you know, real estate, but other sales jobs too. The psychology of working with other people and what they're going through, but especially with selling real estate because of this whole layer of moving and transition and you know, big life changes that you're dealing with, you know, on the front lines every single day. So you got to be pretty, get pretty good at <laughs> kind of uh, managing people and knowing what they need and what they don't need as far as, well, you know, psychologically. I think, Patty, our egos and our, our self-identity is attached to our homes in over here in the United States, right? Mm-hmm. So, so the minute you're leaving, letting go of something or moving into something different, there's sort of that question of like, what does this mean for me now? Who am I now? Like if you move into some big dream house, but you've been raised in a small town with, you know, in a family that doesn't have much money, you kind of, ooh, what does this mean if I move into this big house? Who am I now? Or on the flip side, what does it mean if I decide to move into a townhome? Will people think differently of me? Um, if I downsize, you know, all of those questions about self-identity, I think, get wrapped up in a move. Yeah, that's so true. And in fact, it's really one of the, it's kind of like the largest status symbol of who you are and your your worth and all of those things all wrapped up, I think, when it comes to your home. And in fact, like my mother, when um, she and my father divorced years ago, they had this huge house and then she eventually did sell it thankfully because it was she was by herself at that point after all the kids had grown and so forth and and then she had a hard time letting go of that house and Mm -hmm. and that status of what once was with you know with with my dad so um I think that I think that's pretty common and I also find that in working with younger people today like kids in their 20s I say kids but you know people in their 20s their parents that are in their late 40s and in their 50s tend to go with them on showings and tend to want them to have a nicer house than you know they ever had at 25 years old or 28 years old or whatever, you know, that's, it's almost like the parents are looking at, well, I want a certain type of a house or, you know, has to be nice enough to it looks like my kid is doing really well in life. Ah, or, you know, it's more about them, I think, than the kid. Yeah. <laughs> They're living through them. Exactly. I see that right. a lot. Yeah. I think a lot of realtors see that a lot. Interesting. Mm-hmm. So I, now I know you have developed ways to to help people with you have like I think a card deck or some type of a game that you've developed to kind of help with clarity for people in in big transformations is that correct and how does that work it is it's it's um it's a card deck that has four different suits to it right they're color-coded so one of them suits is got quotes on it I call it the inspiration suit so this might be a quote that really is you need to hear at this moment that you decide to put on your refrigerator or put it in your office, etc. The second suit is information. That gives you some scenarios, some challenges you might be facing. And then on the back of the card, or there's a tip, a tool, some key information to help you with that challenge. And the third one is, the third suit is called conversation. And those are thought-provoking questions that you may need to be asking yourself or talking with other people about while you're going through this big shift. 
And then finally, the fourth suit is transformation. And those are actions that can help you transform your day immediately. So do you want to hear about the one card, Patty, in the transformation suit, I think would be fun for your uh, audience to think about? Yeah, definitely. It's called crazy situation bingo. And moving is a crazy situation, right? So you know all of these things that could possibly happen in the move. And they're things that might otherwise stress you or frustrate you. Well, I invite folks, and this card shows you how to do it, to create their own bingo card and anticipate the stuff that may go wrong. And then as they happen, you can play it with somebody else in your family. They can make their own bingo card. And then as things happen, you cross them off and see who can get bingo first. And the interesting thing is the stuff that would normally aggravate you starts to excite you when it happens because you get to be proved right. And <laughs> you get on your way to bingo. <laughs> <laughs> well, that makes sense. I could imagine somebody liking that. <laughs> yeah. So we used to do that before holidays with our families, and we would do this with friends. And then after the holiday... You know, we would see who got bingo first. We would text each other. And then after the holiday, we would get to together and debrief our whole bingo card experience. But, you know, you can do it with a big move, too. That's so interesting. So you just kind of map it all out. So it's kind of not so scary when it when things are happening. You go, oh, yeah. You know, the realtor's late again. Not you, not you, of course. Not me. You go, oh, you know, we get to cross that one off of our square or, you know, oh, no, you know, this happened at the settlement table or whatever the case may be. I knew we'd lose the box that had our most important things in it and we can't find them, you know, whatever the case may be. But you can, uh, that's just an example of one of the things in the deck. Yeah, well, people do stress a lot about inspections and, and things like that, their loan um, those are the types of things that people do stress a lot about. So you're saying kind of like map out what, what could happen and then, uh, do they map out things that if, what if they don't happen? So you just, then they don't get to cross that square off, but you know, maybe they got lucky that it didn't happen, but the, the downside is they don't get to cross that. They have to get bingo another way. Well, then they can just appreciate that it didn't happen. Right. Exactly. <laughs> then, uh, you may not want to win bingo. It sounds like <laughs> that's well. That's true. There's an upside whether you win or lose. There is an upside, and uh, you know, I'm just just because I think it, people might care to know this, Patty. If if they are interested in purchasing a deck, they can get them on my website. Well, at, I was just going to ask you how people can find you. It's uh, the website is Brenda K. The letter K Reynolds R E Y N O L D S dot com. And the reason I'm bringing it up is because for a short period of time, we're doing a special event where for every deck of cards that gets sold, we're donating a free deck of cards to an organization for women in transition who are moving from being unemployed into the workplace because they have children to take care of and they're trying to get on their feet. So your listeners could buy themselves a deck of cards and without spending a dime they would be helping somebody else making a big move in their life. Wow, that's a that's a great cause. Yeah, they're called Wings for Success. That's the organization we're supporting. And do you have a, um, a Facebook or other other LinkedIn other types of uh, ways to to connect with you? 
Yes, on Facebook, it, they can follow me at B as in boy, KR Consulting. That's my Facebook, at awesome. BKR Consulting. And you do, besides um, helping people, in this case, obviously we're talking about people moving um, and, and the stress level and how to manage all of that during a big move, but you also manage, you know, help people with organizations, I know, and a lot of big companies and leadership and so forth, right? I do. I work with organizations. I like to say I help people find their clarity, whether it's in the workplace or the life space, because you can't really disconnect the two of them. So, yeah, I work with big companies. I've worked with Special Olympics. I've worked with AOL. I've worked with CBRE, which might be an organization you know about in the real estate world. Um, and I also do executive coaching, working with teams, and one-on-one -on -one life coaching, as well as speaking. So it keeps me busy and out of trouble. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you so much, Brenda. You have been terrific. And I think, you know, you really gave some great insight uh, that can help a lot of people. And, and I hope a lot of people uh, check out uh, your website, but also check out your TEDx talk, that uh, yes. navi Navigating Transition Fog. That sounds really Got interesting. It. So I'm going I'm to check that out myself. But um, yeah, so thanks so much. Hi, and, it was uh, a pleasure. Thank you. And I'm, you know, I'm still thinking you need to start that dating business. But, you know, <laughs> I'll, I'll put it on my list. How's that? Okay. All <laughs> and right. then I okay. won't win bingo. I will not cross it off. <laughs> <laughs> I can right, have a great one. Be sure. All right. Thank you. Thank so you. this, uh, this wraps up this episode of the Pitbull Patty Show, where we're keeping it real in real estate. So until next time. <laughs> Thank you.